K. Cunningham has gone down with a knee injury. Doesn't sound like it's too serious, but it sounds like he's probably going to miss the next few games. We're going to talk about that. And Troy Weaver appearing on the Woj podcast over the last week. We're going to break that down on today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I am your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. Free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Today, we are joined by a friend of the podcast, Sham Mohill. You know, we've talked about Sham a lot uh, on the podcast. You guys who have followed me for a long time, for the last few years, even before I was the host of Locked On Pistons, know that Sham was the one who originally got me into all of this, brought me over at Piston Powered back, I believe, in like 2017 or 18. Um, so he, he's been my mentor for years, former site expert at Piston Powered, former Pistons content contributor. Now he's retired into his career and making millions of dollars and, you know, just not, yeah. not happy. Yeah, I don't know about that last part, but, <laughs> you know, but I will say I respect what you do on a day-to-day basis, just doing locked on pods, looking at this team and trying to come up with new content every single day. I respect it. I was there in that in that seat before i i know what it's like to try and create content out of nothing so you're doing a great job um and i i hope for your sake it gets better but it's nice to be on the retired life and just comment when i want to as opposed to when i have to yeah you know some of us some of us aren't as aren't aren't so lucky but you know sham sham is living it up out there he's living up out there in minnesota but um so we got we had to t- start the podcast with some tough news though, because Kay Cunningham has went down with an injury. Um, they're calling it—I uh, don't know if it's a left or right knee strain, but it's a knee strain is what we initially um, have been told. We don't know what exactly it is. Obviously, he's got an MRI. I know that's for sure. He—I know I've heard that he's gotten an MRI. They're waiting on the results. Um, so he and he's already listed out for the game that when you guys listen it would probably be tonight on Tuesday night. Um, for the Detroit Pistons. Uh, Sham, what's your immediate reaction to um, Kate going down? Obviously, everyone, you know, whether it's minor or not, who cares? You know, everyone's rooting for him to be straight and, and hope, hoping that he is all right um, and can come back soon. But what is your, like, immediate reaction outside the obvious wishing he's okay? What What is your immediate reaction to him going down? I mean, first of all, like you said, like, I just hope he's okay. Um, to be very frank, I there have been a few plays that – have been floated as like the reasons for like, Oh, that, that was the play that he hurt himself at. Um, I saw one. From oh, the actually, Warriors just, just real quick. I can speak to that. I did speak with some people. Um, it, it, it did first. Uh, it first started like not this past game, but a game ago. There the was Warriors a clip. game. Yes. Yeah, so there was a clip from the Warriors game. That is indeed when it first. Okay. Uh, that's what I figured. Bothered him. Yeah, yeah, so I from that clip, I think it was that he like bumped knees or got like a knee to the side of the you know to the side of the knee, um, 
And anytime you get any sort of trauma or any sort of like bump or anything like that to the knee, it's a, I mean, the knee is a, is an amalgamation of a bunch of different joints and ligaments, right? So any sort of trauma to it is going to impact the stability. And I think another clip that I saw in the last game against the Nuggets was that his knee almost like bent inwards a little bit. And I think that initial shot on the, you know, at the Warriors game kind of limited its ability to stay stable. Um, so I think it's good that he's taking time off. To be very honest, I I, I would be shocked if it's anything super serious. Um, but I think injuries aside, I think now is a really good opportunity for, well, it's going to stink as a fan, right? To watch the one thing that was going right for the Pistons in a sea of mediocrity. The one thing that was going right was Cade and his development. So it'll be tough to see like now him not being there. Um, and in a way, the silver lining is now we get to see who's really going to be a part of this franchise. Who's now that the now that our shining light is going to be gone for at least a game, who's going to be that guy to step up? Who's going to be the guy to shoulder that load? And I think this group probably needs a, more than one person to step up, but now they're going to have to step up. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm going to take it a different route here. My first immediate reaction to him. You know, I, I, going down maybe is the wrong word because going down makes it sound like that he's down for the season or like some serious injury. But he, he's probably going to miss a game. I mean, I know that one of his goals this year I, I, was, you know, to play. he wanted to play all 82 this year. After coming back from injury, his goal, one of his goals was to play all 82 games. Um, and that doesn't look like it's going to happen now, so unfortunate for him. Um, but my first reaction, and I don't even know if it's fair or not, because this is one of those situations, like, you can bump knees at any point, like, in that, you know, it's basketball. That happens all the time. Um, but my immediate reaction was, man, because a month ago, about a month and a half ago, I recorded a podcast and said, not only are the Pistons losing a ton, they are asking Cade to do way too much. Cade's being asked to create literally everything. And it almost reminded me of when I used to go on our, our friend Joe Trek's podcast, and he would with the hashtag Pistons during Blake Griffin season. At the beginning of that year, I remember we used to talk about, hey, Blake's, you know, showing us some good things, but he's being, you know, he's going to break down. It looks like he, it, you're asking him to do a ton. And at the beginning of this year, I didn't say Kate was going to break down, but I did bring up that like, hey, you know, I, I am worried that they're going to be asking him to do a little bit too much and it may wear on him and, you know, wear him down towards, as the season goes on. And like I said, I don't know if this is a fair example or a fair situation to bring it up, because like I said, it is this a knee to knee, you know, that could really happen at, you know, any play in, in the NBA and playing basketball. But that is where my mind went to first is that, dude, like he's he's really being asked to do a ton. And I wouldn't be shocked. I don't want this to happen. I wouldn't be shocked if it like starts to weigh on him. The amount of load that he's having to carry to give effort, how much effort he's having to give offensively, how much load he's carrying offensively, then also give effort on defense and I, I, they're asking him to do a ton in a losing effort too, by the way, but just he's being asked to do quite a bit. Um, and I think even though this situation may not be the best one to use it as an example, hopefully this is a point where they could be like, okay, well, you know, they can look forward. Cause there was a moment when they started to use him off ball a little bit. They started to play him with Killian Hayes and Jane Ivy in the starting lineup. And he looked good. He, Kate, that's one of the great things about Kate when they draft him is that he can play off ball and on ball, but we haven't seen it much then since then. So I'm hoping that, you know, after this, maybe we see a little bit more off-ball Cade because he is effective in that role still while also trying to take some of that load off of him. 
Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right, right? Just to to have that thought of, yeah, like this is just a bump knee, right? So it just that just happens. But you know, much like the Blake Griffin situation, just simply being on the court for that long, it, there's an inevitable wear and tear that all these players go through. And maybe somebody of Cade's youth can be able to handle it. But, you know, after how many years of doing this, is it going to eventually lead to something catastrophic? You know, I, I know it's not the same at all. Um, but, you know, I can't help but think of like the Derrick Rose situation, right? Where Tom Thibodeau was running that dude like 30 plus minutes a night to have that team have a chance at success. And eventually things just broke down for him. Now, I know the style of play is very, very different, but just simply being on the court and playing basketball for that long, no matter how conditioned you are, things are going to happen. And these bumps and bruises, those are going to happen too. And your ability to rebound is going to be really important from those injuries. And um, just simply just wearing yourself down is going to, is going to, eventually cause problems. Um, so that's why I think it's really important for somebody else to step up and this is a good opportunity for them to do so. Yeah. And to, to end this topic off the positive, something you can t- hopefully take as a positive from this situation. Cause you got to try to find some kind of silver linings and, you know, and something with this season. So hopefully, you know, Cade misses maybe a week, two weeks, three, however long he misses. Hopefully we get to see some more Jane Ivy with the ball in his hands. And maybe he starts to flourish with that. He starts to look a little better than he has been this year. I thought he looked better at the end of last season with the ball in his hands. This year, when he has gotten that those reps, I don't think he's been as good. And maybe that has to do with the fact that it's been on off. He hasn't gotten you know as many reps as as you know he did last year. So maybe he gets more reps, starts to look a little better. Maybe Killing Hayes starts to look a little better. You can try flip him for something. Maybe Marcus Sasser starts and he starts to look good with these extra reps. So hopefully one of these guards. Hopefully Jay and Ivy, but hopefully there's one of these guards can, you know, in the time, whether it's one game, two games, three games, 10 games, however long, you know, Cade misses with uh, what, what we're calling right now a knee strain. One of those guys starts to look better, takes advantage of the opportunity. Um, and whether it's Jay and Ivy for the future or one of these other guys that maybe could get flipped in, in you know, a week or whatever. Um, hopefully that you know, Alec Burks, too. Hopefully he continues to play well and maybe he gets more shots and continues to look like the human torch out there. Maybe they're able to flip guys. Just hopefully you can get something positive out of it. Um, last thing I'll say before we move on to Troy Weaver on the podcast, on the Woj podcast is, you know, Cade was playing 40 minutes a night just to, you know, lose by four to like these teams. He's playing 40 minutes a night to lose by 20 to these teams. Like that, that should not be, even though, like I said, this is just a bump knee. It can happen anytime. This should be a time for them to look at and be like, hey, we're playing Cade 40-plus minutes just to lose by 15 to these teams every single night. That's not okay. We need to get him some help to where like this is not happening still. So hopefully that happens. Um, when we come back, though, we'll talk about Troy Weaver. Finally has spoken. He has spoken. He won the Woj podcast. Cade actually spoke on the first half of that podcast. Then the second half, they talked with Troy. That's what we're going to focus on. Um what did he have to say? First time we've heard from him. Everyone's been wanting to hear from him. What did he have to say? We'll talk about our reaction to what he had to say when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors. I've got to tell you guys about my favorite sponsor, Price Picks. Price Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. We are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you versus projected numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings 
roll in. I absolutely love price picks. It's super self-explanatory. You get paid instantly. And there's so many different options that you can work with here. They have every single sport out there for you. You can do cross sports entries. You can have basketball, football, hockey. Heck, they even have esports on price picks. And that's not even the best part about it. The best part about price picks, if anyone who has been involved in fantasy sports, you know that injuries can just derail any slip, any entry that you possibly have. But with price picks, it's the only sports platform, daily force sports platform out there with an injury insurance policy. If you're playing or if you have someone in a football or basketball game in your entry and they get hurt in the first half and don't return the second half, that player is rebooted. Price picks is the only daily fantasy sports option out there with an injury insurance policy. So go to pricepix.com slash locked in NBA and use code locked in NBA for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Again, that's pricepix.com slash locked in NBA use code locked in NBA for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars daily fantasy sports made easy with price picks. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. That's another great way to support the podcast. All right, Sham. So Troy Weaver finally has spoken. We heard from Tom Gores a few weeks ago. Haven't had any changes, by the way. Tom Gores told us changes were coming soon. Nothing happened. It's been a few weeks. We've... Seen absolutely not. They added a new coach to the coaching staff. I guess that's something, but has nothing has happened. Now we've heard from Troy Weaver on the Woj podcast. Before I give my thoughts, I want to hear your thoughts. Um, obviously, Cade spoke in the first half of this. Um, we can maybe hit on that a little bit later. Just real quick thoughts on what he had to say. Um, but Sham, I want to hear from you. What did you think about what Weaver said on it? And if you want to give a brief explanation before you get into what your reaction was of it. To give a brief explanation of what it was um, that really caught your eye for those of you for those of you out there who did not get to listen um, to his interview on the podcast. Um. So, <laughs> for for those who don't know, Cade and Troy Weaver both went on the Woj podcast. As Ku mentioned, Cade did the first half of the podcast, and I think just a real quick, my thoughts on that. That dude for 21, 22 years old is acting like a 32 year old veteran in the league, right? But he's acting like Blake Griffin did when the team was losing behind him. He's the guy who's putting the team on his back, both on the court and now it seems like off the court. So I was very impressed with his responses and his discourse with, with Woj in the first half. That brings me to, to Troy. Troy, much like the letter that he penned back in, in April. Bunch of nothing, just a bunch of propaganda, just it, just good talking points. Um, he talked about the leadership qualities that Cade had. He talked about seeing him at USA Basketball. But at the end of the day, there was no talk about what are they actually going to do from a roster construction, a lineup construction, from a basketball or not basketball perspective to make these make Pistons fans want to go to games. So I think at the end of the day, that's the that's the ultimate goal for Troy and Tom and Cade, for that matter, is to have a winning product on the court so that you can sell merch and have fans go to games and make the playoffs and make a bunch of money. At the end of the day, it's a business. I know it's really hard for us to think of it that way, but it is a business. And so like a business, like a failing business, Troy, as opposed to taking accountability for the things that have happened, 
there was propaganda that was fed to us through that podcast for to to make you feel better about the future of this team. There was talk about, you know, the veteran needing veterans to come in and and compliment Cade. But at the same time, these veterans, like when you look at it on the surface, these veterans are aside from Boyan and Burks, haven't really done anything for the Pistons. Even Burks until late has done nothing for the Pistons. So although I'm happy that he came out and put himself out there, I felt like he had a a very uh, tame host because I don't think Woj is asking the tough questions to Troy. And B, I think he didn't make fans feel better about the team or the direction of the team. And they and there was no talk about accountability. There was talk about trusting like the, the three people, Tom Gores, Monty Williams, and Troy and Troy Weaver having trust amongst each other and holding each other accountable. But at the end of the day, when all of them are failing and they're all holding each other accountable, who's really holding anybody accountable? It's a blind leading the blind leading the blind. That's truly how I felt. And I felt like the podcast is a bunch of nothing. It's a bunch, big nothing burger. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I think this and, and a lot of the things that we've heard. I tweeted this out after I listened to the podcast. I was at work and I, I saw it pop up. Someone DM'd me. I'm one of you guys. One of the listeners DM'd me. it. Um, I listened to it at work. And after listening to it, all I thought to myself was like every time I hear this franchise talk, someone from this franchise speak about the situation. It gets more crazy and crazy. Like it gets more insane listening to them talk because it's like if one, it feels as though they have not accepted or just like deluded and just don't understand a grasp that the fact that they are three and 33, they are about to have the worst season in professional sports history. That's not me exaggerating. They are on pace to have the worst season in sports history in professional sports. They're on pace. to have the worst professional NBA season in history. The league's been around for nearly a hundred years. I don't know if they're going to hit 10 wins. And for them to come out, which Troy did, like you said, on the podcast, there was a lot of, uh, we have trust in our plan. We have a lot of cap spaces off season. They continue to talk about the cap space. We have flexibility in the off season. We're going to be able to make moves at that point. You know, we like our young core still. Our young core is nice. Like there's a, there's still a bunch of, it just felt like a lot of PR speak, a lot of, like you said, propaganda to try and make fans feel better. Hey, it's not actually that bad. We're three and 33, but look, if you look through these glasses, it actually is not that bad. I promise. Like it was, it just, it doesn't feel like anyone really is, is fully taking accountability. And why should you? No one's, no, no one's being held accountable. No jobs are being lost. No one's, you know, it, why, why does anyone have to take accountability? But there's no like, like it just doesn't feel like they realize or at least want to realize that hey we're three and 33 we're we have possibly assembled the worst team ever like this is bad like this is historically historically bad and i didn't hear anything on that podcast that sounded like they were acknowledging that and doing something to change that instantly the only chance the only the only part that he suggested or even brought up making changes soon he kind of you know Oh, we just got an update from Shams on Kay Cunningham's injury. Let's let's make sure let's go ahead and uh, get into that real quick. Um, Pistons believe star K our star guard Kay Cunningham has avoided any serious injury to his left knee. Side belief for Detroit, Cunningham could miss at least a few games. 
right, that's so, what yeah. we expected. Yeah. Right. Well, I, it, I was it didn't look that bad. Yeah, I was told earlier by by people you know close around it uh, that Cade was all right. He's in good spirits. Um, probably gonna miss a few games, but he just went on the MRI. But it sounded like he was all good. Um, so that's good news. Cade's gonna be straight. Um, miss a few games. Um, not gonna play all eighty-two games, but a few games for maybe Jane Ivy, Marcus Sasser to, you know, try show off some stuff. Um, but what I was saying about Weaver, there's only one part of the podcast where I feel like he even suggested anything of the sort of change. Um, and that was when he said, no, we are going to be aggressive. We'll be aggressive, I promise. But then right after saying that, he said, now does that mean we're going to make big moves? I don't I don't know. I don't know yet. So basically, hey, we're going to be aggressive. Am I going to make an aggressive move? I don't know, but we're going to be aggressive. Yeah, I'm going to paint my house today. Am I actually going to paint it? I don't know, but I'm going to I'm going to eventually paint my Like It just sounded like it, everything he said, I didn't take anything from what, what he really said. It was just a bunch of PR speak. If you haven't listened to the podcast, definitely listen to it just so you know you can hear for yourself what he had to say. And obviously, like Sham said, um, Cade was really great in the first half of the podcast as well. So definitely go check it out. Um, but yeah, Weaver basically offered up, like you said, a nothing burger. Like it was, it's not what fans want to hear. And, you know, I, I, I don't think there's anything that fans are going to hear that, and rightly so, that they're going to hear that they'll be happy about that doesn't involve fire, trade, sign. Like, it, well, it, and it's, it's insulting. It's, it's honestly insulting, right? There are not only in the near, like in the, in the past two, three years since in, in Troy Weaver's tenure, right? Like, he needs to apologize for that, just for the failure that he's had over the past four years. But also, there are high school sophomores right now who have never even seen the Pistons be better than that than the uh, Reggie Jackson, Blake Griffin team. There are there are honestly, they thought that was the peak of of, of Pistons, this Pistons franchise. It is really a shame to be. To, you know, both you and I grew up in the 04 going to work era Pistons, right? So we saw what a good franchise looked like, just have a culture and to have players who maybe weren't making top dollar buy into a culture and to and to work together for a common goal. That's not happening right now. And Troy Weaver, Monty Williams, Tom Gores, nobody has built a culture of winning here. And it's it's honestly insulting for people in Detroit who, who work hard every day for their dollar to then spend their money, spend their time, um, bring their family to games and see this product on the court. It is truly insulting. And then the worst thing for me about this whole podcast, there was, and Koo, correct me if I'm wrong, if you felt differently, but it felt to me like there was zero sense of shame. Exactly. That's why I was trying to get like you're three and 33 about to have the worst season in NBA history. And it felt like it was just like another day. Like, Oh, we're just, it was like there. He feels it's like this organization feels like they're just like a regular bad. Like they're just like regular tanking young team. Like bad. They're like, acting no. like they've been on like a three game losing streak. You're right. And yeah, like it, they're they're three and thirty three historically bad, and now their star is going to be out for a few games. Like, what is the plan? Now, I and I understand, right? Like you can't come out as a GM and say, "Oh yeah, I'm going to have all these these all these players are on the block, and here's the thing that we want and I understand there's a lot of conversations that happen behind closed doors, but the timing of Tom Gores's press conference, which was right after the sell the team chance went viral, the timing of the Troy Weaver podcast, um, very conveniently after the streak ended, um, he jumped on the podcast 
And then even going back to the letter back in April, right? Which was conveniently around the time of season ticket renewals. It's all PR. It's all to make you feel better about the product that's on the court, as opposed to actual work to actually improve the product on the court. You can't collect four big men and expect your six, seven point guard to have the spacing that he needs to, to succeed. And you can't expect the two draft picks that you had that followed who shooting is not their strong suit, getting to the rim is and playing defenses. You, you, you can't just continue on just putting these pieces together and expecting it all to happen. You have to actually like do your job and you can't look at a three and 33 team and not do anything. It is, it is shameful and I honestly feel bad for anybody who lives in Detroit. Um, as you said, I live in Minnesota, so I get this like national perspective on the Pistons. Let me tell you, we are a laughing stock in every other city. When when the Pistons come to down, that's a guaranteed dub. That's like tickets are cheap. Go to the game, see your team, you know, kick butt and go home happy. That's that's truly how it is with other 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 markets when the Pistons come to town. Yeah, it's, it's it's tough, man. It's tough. But we're going to try to spin this into some kind of positivity. How can this get better? How? How possibly can this get better? We'll talk about that when we come back. Uh, but first, I've got to tell you guys about another one of our sponsors. So i got to tell you guys about FanDuel. And I've told you guys this multiple times over and over. A few years ago when betting became legal in Michigan, I didn't know where to go. I've never bet before. I never got involved in that. I didn't know where to go. But I went to FanDuel, and I have not turned back since. The NFL regular season's wrapping up. Postseason's right around the corner. But there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, Find bets in the new Explorer tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays shared by others on the app, and more. Again, like I said, when I joined FanDuel a few years ago when betting became legal in Michigan, I didn't know what I was doing, but it made it FanDuel made it super self-explanatory, super easy, and a lot of fun. Win or lose, to be honest. I have a lot of fun with FanDuel. Now, hopefully, you don't lose too much. You know, I don't want that to happen. But FanDuel, a lot of fun. A lot of stuff you can do on there. Basketball, football, hockey, baseball. Uh, uh, UFC, and, and boxing, anything. It's over there on FanDuel. It's a lot of fun. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. Again, you get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place that $5 bet again. A bet again. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. Free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. That's another great way to support the podcast. So, Sham, before we get into how this can get better, I want to say this real quickly. And read into this how you guys want, Pistons fans. But what I want to say is... On that podcast, when Cade spoke, I have I, you know, I had Cannon on the podcast this off season. I you know I've talked with his you know some people close with him before. Um, one of the main things I've gotten from Cade and his camp over the last few years is I want the pressure. I want the pressure. 
uh, I'm good enough. If I, I'm I'm good enough to to make up for everything else. If this team's not that good, it won't be a problem. I'm good enough. I, that's what I wanted with the first overall pick. I wanted this pressure. Cannon said this on the podcast. Kate has said this multiple times. I've had it said to me multiple times. I want the pressure. I'm good enough to make this work. Even if everything else isn't good enough, I'm Kay Cunningham. I believe in myself so much that everything's going to be all right. And as you guys have saw on the podcast in the offseason when I talked with Cannon, I had said, hey, you know, that's all fine and dandy to feel like that, but there's only so much you can do. And that's when I was trying to temper expectations with the team because, I, you know, I didn't feel like the team around him was that good. You know, I was doing all that, and I kept getting told, no, don't make excuses. Don't lower expectations. This is what we wanted with the number one overall pick. This is what I wanted, Cade. This is what I wanted with this first overall pick. I'm good enough to make this work. It's fine. In that Woj podcast, I think you saw the first crack of armor in that, which I think is a good thing for him to come to the realization that's not, that it's just not going to be able to happen like that. But I, this is all I'm going to say. Cade, I don't think in no way, even a little bit, wants to leave Detroit. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. He wants to be the savior in Detroit. He wants to be Detroit's icon. He wants to be the guy that brought the Pistons back to glory. Like, that is his goal, 100%. He has no thoughts of leaving Detroit. However, for me, for me, in four or five, six years from now, whenever, if he were to ask out, things weren't to go well, and he were to eventually ask out, this moment is when I'll go back and say I first saw the potential change coming. Because all until this time, it's always been, I'm good enough. I'm good enough. I can make this happen. I'm going to save everybody. I don't, you know, even if the help isn't great, I'm Cade. I can make it work. It is what it is. I can do it. And now I think you saw it change a little bit. I think he, I think you see, if you listen to his podcast, the podcast appearance with Wode, when he says that and everything else he said, it felt like it was acknowledgement of, I need help. I'm not getting help. Now, he didn't come out and throw his teammates under the bus. It wasn't in those that kind of manner. But you definitely got the sense of, in the most professional way possible, he said, he was basically had said, I feel like I'm good. I need help, though, with that, and I'm not getting it. And that's I, I don't think he said it in a malicious way or I hate Detroit, I don't want to be with the piss. And I don't think that's on his mind at all. But I do think he's at the point right now, and as anyone should be, where he's like, hey, okay, I was wrong. I was naive. I can't do it all by myself. I need some help. Can you get me help, some help, please? And that's all I'm going to say. I feel like in a few years, if stuff were to go south, this will be the day, that moment, that I'll go back to him and be like, oh, I saw the first crack in the armor right there, and nothing was done about it. But breathe into it how you, however you guys want. Um, Sham, to end off the podcast, how can this get better? How can it, it – what, what is there any kind of posi- positivity – to the rest of the season. We got like three months, uh, three and a half months left of the season. How can this get better? I see you smirking already. What are you about to say? Well, okay. So (laughs) there's, there's two main ways it can get better for the first you touched on, right? You have a franchise player who's not, not making excuses, um, acknowledges his own shortcomings, but then acknowledges that the, that the front office maybe hasn't given him the best tools to succeed. And I think, like I said, like at the beginning of the podcast, right? This is a 21 or 22 year old, however old he is now, who's acting like a 10 year vet in the league. And that kind of maturity is what makes me feel good about him leading this team for as long as he wants to. That's the, that's the negative part of it. But, but as long as he's here, I feel confident that he's the guy, right? Also, the other part, it can't get much worse. 
I mean, like very to be, I mean, that's kind of tongue in cheek, but to be very frank, it can't get much worse, right? The cap that we have, like the cap space we have is good in the summer. That's what we had last year, granted, but it's good again this year. We're going to get a top five pick, most likely. I hope it's not five, but it could be five. And in this draft, it's a weak draft, but it's, you know, a, a top five pick is a top five pick. We also have a good core group of young guys. And so if you look at the positives, right? If you look at each individual young guy, you look back at, from when they first joined the team, you know, when they first were drafted, each and every one of them has shown progress, including Osar, right? In different ways. Um, and, you know, maybe they're not as up to speed as some of the other people in their class. But if you look at them in a vacuum, the, each and every one of them has gotten significantly better and has accustomed the league very, very well. The problem is, is like, I don't know if all those guys fit together or if they do fit together, you need complementary pieces that make them fit together, such as shooting. And Troy, you know, alluded to this in the podcast as well. So how does it get better? There are a few ways. I think first you need to get shooting however way you can. You need to get shooting into this lineup. The Pistons are one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league. And for a player like Cade, who operates very, very well in the mid-range in terms of not only creating a shot for himself, but also collapsing the defense and finding opportunities for others. I think you really need at the minimum, a good corner shooter at the, at the very best, you need an elite three point shooter. And there are those guys available. Now it comes at the compromise of defense and it probably comes at the compromise of a bad contract. So guys like Duncan Robinson come to mind, right? That's a guy that's very attainable for the Pistons. If the, if the heat want to part with him, I know he's playing well as of late, but if the Heat want to part with him, that is a guy that would make a lot of sense for our team. Um, and so you have the assets to go and get these guys. You have the cap space to accommodate their bad contract. And you have a thing that's, you know, you, you need shooting, right? So you can find that in the draft. You can find that in free agency. You can find that via trade. It's not a very unique skill set that only, you know, certain people have. It's not like we needed playmaking or we needed shot creation, right? Those are very unique traits that players have that I don't think are that easy to find, but shooting for the most part is especially catch and shoot spot up shooting, which is, which is exactly what we need. Um, the second thing, I think our defense has the ability to be elite. Eventually. I think a lot, I think there needs to be a lot of growth from our youth, but I think I, I see flashes of an elite defense and then running in transition. Say what you want about the talent of our team. We are a hella athletic team. When we're running in transition, we're dangerous. So that those two pieces give me hope that this is the right group moving forward. But if it's not, the other piece that's a positive is these, these pieces, aside from Kate, are also very much movable. There are teams who are calling about Isaiah Stewart. There are teams calling about Jaden Ivey and Osar. I'm sure if you put them on the block, I'm sure they would get interest. So there is the ability to have roster movement, roster additions, roster subtractions. The real question I have that I keep coming back to is, do you want Troy Weaver to be that guy to make that decision? My answer would be no. And I agree. That's the answer for a lot of people. Yeah. See, that's the, that's the problem though. So I like, I agree with all the positives you point out, all the positives, 
but my concern is, and like I've said many times, and then we can wrap up the podcast. I've said this many times. If Troy Weaver can come out and tell me why he thinks he deserves to keep his job, or someone who's defensive of Troy Weaver can come out and give me a reason why he should keep his job, I will co- I will stop coming on here and saying he shouldn't have a job. But after a 3-33 and start with how horrifically bad this team is, and year four of a rebuild, he should not have his job. And there's no reason... there is no reason why anyone should trust him to be the one to make those decisions you're talking about this off season. And that's why it's even, I agree with all the positives you laid out, but that's why it's even scary for me to look ahead of the future and try to bring up a positive. Cause even when you think about those positives, the person who's going to be making those decisions have not, has not earned the trust. Now maybe in this off season, if he's still around, maybe Weaver makes the, the right moves. It's completely possible. But nothing we've seen to this point suggests that we should believe that can't that will be what happens. So that's why even when you try to look at the positive, it's just like a it's just a tough situation. And why it's this always it's this dark, cloudy, just situation around a three and thirty-three team that even when you try to look at the young core and be, you know, try to look at it positively, it's like there's just the person the decision makers around that just leave a lot to be left or to ask for right now. And it makes it hard to trust any of them to, you know, do their job. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. And hopefully this offseason they do a lot of stuff. And yeah, and I think just real quick before you wrap, right? Like there are a few key dates that have either just passed or are upcoming, right? There's the December 15th date where all the guys who signed free – well, most of the guys who signed free agent contracts in the offseason are now eligible to be traded. So that opens up the pool of potential people that could find their way to Detroit in some some way. Um January 15th is the next date um, that's uh, that's upcoming. And that's yet another date where more free agents who sign the extensions can now be traded. Uh, we just passed the mark for 10 day contracts to be allowed. Um, and the trade deadline is less than a month away. So we are at the doorstep of a very should be a very active time for the Pistons. And what how can it get better? by making the right moves in the next month. And then once the season is over to make the right moves then. But if Troy Weaver's the guy doing it, he, to me, he only has this month and a half to make those moves. I completely agree. If he's not able to make moves that make you feel better about him moving into the off season, they should move on. He should get this month and a half to do something before the deadline. If he doesn't do anything by then, there's no way that you can keep him to that off season. I just don't see how, but I, I didn't think they'd do nothing until this point. I didn't see how then, and that, that's happened. So who knows? Um, that's all we've got today, man. Thank you, Sham, for joining us on the podcast, man. You can follow him over on Twitter at Sham Sham God. Appreciate you, man. Thanks, um, Joe. Appreciate all of you guys making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. Free and available on all your podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button to the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review, whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe out there. Until next time, peace out.